Sports Wrap. 6.30 on the button here on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Thank you very much to the MoneyWeb team. Have a fabulous weekend, so we'll see you on Monday. I'm Brad Brown with you for the next half hour. We'll be looking at everything sporting-wise uh, from around the globe, and we'll also let you know exactly what's coming up this weekend. So there's lots of action to look forward to as well. Coming up on this evening's show, we'll hear from Natalie Germanis as we wrap up today's Cricket World Cup action. We'll also chat to Michael Flismus, who is at the Twani Open. It is European Tour Golf Action that's taking place in our own backyard. We'll have some uh, football news as well. And uh, we'll chat to Craig Ray and preview all your Super Rugby action for the weekend as well. But let's start with news making headlines. Mpumalanga Black Aces have parted ways with coach Clive Barker as well as his assistant Johnny Ferreira. Ama Zoni opted to release the veteran coach that after they lost to Ajax Cape Town on Wednesday evening. The decision follows a spate of poor results for the Mpumalanga side and uh, they've slipped down the log. They're currently sitting in 13th and they have a winless streak of eight matches. We'll hear from Clive Barker later on in the show. Jacob Sakala uh, will be taking over for the clash against Morocco's Swallows at the Mbombela Stadium tomorrow. In other football news, a Spanish judge has decided to send Barcelona president Josep Bartomeu and his predecessor Sandra Rosal as well as the club to trial over alleged tax fraud in the signing of Brazilian forward Neymar. They are accusing the, uh, the club of defrauding tax authorities of around 13 million euros between 2011 and 2014 by trying to hide the real cost of the deal with the Brazilian. In cricket news, there were two matches at the World Cup today. Co-hosts New Zealand were made to work hard for their victory uh, over Bangladesh today. And I can tell you that they did end up winning that one. And it sees them top of Pool A after their pool matches. They won by three wickets. There was 128 from Mamadullah that helped Bangladesh reach 288 for seven in their 50 overs. New Zealand's were able to overhaul that. Uh, they reached 290 with uh, seven balls remaining. So, a uh, fantastic game of cricket, but with seven wickets down, Martin Guptill was man of the match. He scored 105 of 100 balls at the top of the order for the Black Caps. The other match today was uh, one that didn't really matter in the greater scheme of things. It was, I don't want to say two minnows, England up against Afghanistan. Uh, you know what I mean. England on their way home was their last game and they were hoping to end on a high, and that they did. They beat Afghanistan by nine wickets. It was a, a very rain-interrupted match uh, with the players going off the field on numerous occasions. Afghanistan, uh, Afghanistan were able to score 111 runs in 36.2 overs uh, for seven wickets. In reply, it was a, a Duckworth-Lewis reduced total. England's 101 for the loss of one. And that sees them uh, pick up a win, but they are heading home after they crashed out in the group stages. Sunfall Series action taking place uh, this weekend as well. Three matches uh, on the go at the moment. The Lions lead the Knights by 72 runs at Stumps. The Lions 320 for the loss of 4 Neil McKenzie not out overnight on 72. The Cape Cobras up against the Warriors. The Cape Cobras, they're also uh, in a commanding position. 28 runs ahead with seven first innings wickets remaining. That after they bowled the Warriors 
out for 288. The Cobras 316 for the loss of three. Richard Levy with 79 up front. That's what he was dismissed for. Uh, and then currently overnight as well, Umpile Ramela on 81 not out. The other match that's taking place right now as well is the Titans up against the Dolphins. The Dolphins 314 for six at stumps. They lead by 47 runs with four wickets remaining. As far as golf goes, we'll hear from Michael Flismas later on in the show to find out exactly what's happening uh, at the 20 Open in Super Rugby News. The Hurricanes remained unbeaten at the top of the New Zealand Conference when they picked up their fourth win of the season over the Blues by 30 points to 23. The Rebels travelled to Perth and beat the Force by 21 points to 17. Still to come this weekend, the Crusaders host the Lions. The Waratahs take on the Highlanders at the Forsyth Bar. The Reds welcome the Brumbies. The Stormers host the Chiefs and the Cheetahs take on the Sharks in Bloemfontein. This Sunday sees the season opening Australian Grand Prix take place in Melbourne. Mercedes dominated both practice sessions today. Nico Rosberg set the fastest time in the second practice session, as he did in the first, and he was one-tenth of a second faster than teammate Lewis Hamilton. Ferrari, Sebastian Vettel and Kimi Raikkonen were the next fastest. And we end with some sad news. Italian triathlete Linda Scatlin has passed away this morning from injuries she sustained whilst training with partner, training partner Edith Niedenfringer. They were hit by a bus carrying the Grundal Rugby Club's under-20 team. And uh, that happened on the Franschhoek Pass this past Saturday. Three passengers on that bus were also killed in the accident. Coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap, we hear from Natalie Germanis. SAFM Sports Wrap. We are heading towards the final stages of uh, the group stages of the ICC Cricket World Cup. And there were two matches today, and they were both pretty interesting. Uh, England nearly coming away with no points, but uh, a very tight match between New Zealand and Bangladesh. Natalie Jemanis kept an eye on the action, and she filed this report. New Zealand have remained unbeaten in the competition, this time around defeating Bangladesh, who put up a very spirited fight at Seddon Park in Hamilton. Bangladesh were asked to bat first, which wasn't a surprise because of the overhead conditions and the fact that New Zealand have enjoyed batting second and have chased very well in the tournament. Bangladesh in the end made 288 for seven in their 50 overs. Despite losing a couple of early wickets, they did well to get to 288. And that's thanks to yet another brilliant century by Mahmoudullah. Now he's made back-to-back centuries, and today he made an undefeated 128 of 123 balls with 12 fours and three sixes. There was a good 40 as well coming from Sabir Rahman, who faced just 23 balls, hit five fours and two sixes, while Sumya Sarkar made 51 from 58, and he hit seven fours. From New Zealand's point of view, Trent Bolt took two for 56 in 10 overs, including three maidens. Corey Anderson's 10 overs went for just 43, and he picked up two wickets. Grant Elliott bowled two overs for 27, but also managed to pick up a couple of wickets. In New Zealand's chase, they lost two wickets early in the big fish of Brendan McCullum and Kane Williamson. But Martin Guttel came to the party and found some form, making 105 of 100 with 11 fours and two sixes. Ross Taylor made 56 from 97 with five fours to his name. There was a little wobble, though, towards the end as they continued to lose wickets and Bangladesh kept fighting hard. But it just didn't, wasn't enough for Bangladesh, and they just didn't have enough runs on the board. And eventually New Zealand got the target in the 49th over with three wickets to spare. For Bangladesh, Shakib Hassan took four for 55 in 8.5 overs, while Nasser Hussain picked up two for 32 in five. New Zealand, of course, on the top of Pool A, win with six wins out of six and 12 points to their name. Bangladesh will finish in fourth place with seven points and a net run rate of 0.136. In the other match of the day, which was heavy, 
heavily affected by rain. Afghanistan batted first, eventually making 111 for 7 in 36.2 overs when the rain came down and brought to a close the innings. The Duckworth Lewis method was of course brought in and England's target was revised to 101 of 25 overs. In the end they got it in the 19th over and with 9 wickets to spare. Ian Bell made 52 from 56 with 6 fours to his name, while Chris Jordan was given the Man of the Match award for his 2 for 13 in 6.2 overs, which included 2 maidens. England will go home with just the 4 points, 2 wins from their 6 games, while Afghanistan's 6 matches yielded just 2 points for them, with 1 win over Scotland. Natalie Jamanis for SFM Sport. The exciting Absa Premiership continues with a bang this weekend. Your football weekend starts on Friday at 8 when the Chile boys take on Amazulu at Nelson Mandela Bay. On Saturday, rise and shine, go up against Bloemfontein Celtic at Old Peter Mugaba Stadium. Then at Mbombela Stadium, catch the spectacular showdown between Amazayoni and Muraka Swallows. Both these games kick off at half past three. Tickets available from 40 Rand. Proudly brought to you by the Premier Soccer League. From Cape Town to Messina, if you've got a parcel to send, Speed Services has you covered. For just 69 Rand, you can send a package of up to 1.5 kilograms to any corner of South Africa with effect from 1st of March until the 31st of March 2015 at any post office counter to counter. Call the customer care line on 0860 023 or visit speedservices.co.za for more. Terms and conditions apply. Speed Services Couriers, the shortest distance between two points. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, the Twani Open is taking place at the Pretoria Country Club today and it was a rain-interrupted second round. I say rain-interrupted, more lightning-interrupted than anything else. And Michael Flismas is there. Michael, it was a, a fantastic round today uh, by the Spaniards. And I know I'm going to butcher his name. Uh, Adrian Otagi, is that right? That's pretty close, hey, Brad. Hey. Yeah, that's, that's spot on. <laughs> it was a brilliant round by him, 62. And the secret to it has been the secret the whole week. The players that have gone out early in the morning have had the best of this golf course and the best of the greens. And uh, that's exactly what he did. He had a great run from the eight, five consecutive birdies there, dropped his only shot of the round, and in fact, only second bogey of the tournament and on the same hole the par 4 18th what's making that hole so tough is it's usually a par 5 and they've shortened it for this tournament but yeah 62 puts him top the leaderboard at 11 under par his mentor is Jose Maria Olazabal so uh, he's certainly uh, at this point he's at the right place of the leaderboard if he wants to follow in those footsteps he's two strokes clear of South Africa's Merrick Bremner who had an equally impressive 66 and uh, considering that Bremner is usually a pretty big hitting player and uh, he's got to hold himself in on this golf course because uh, it's not really rewarding the bigger hitters and then a host of players at 8 under Keith Horn there Trevor Fisher Jr. there um, Eduardo Molinari David Horsey so uh, there's still all, all to play for with uh, two rounds to go. Yeah, heading into the weekend, I see Vali Kutsia's there too. He's four off the pace. Uh, he, he's coming off a, a pretty decent run of form. I mean, he's been in contention, obviously faded in the, the final round. I think it was of the Joburg Open where he was definitely in contention there, but uh, he'll be hoping for a better performance on the weekend. Yes, I mean, he's playing He's playing the best golf of 
any summer that he's uh, had in his career, he really is feeding off the confidence of that Joburg Open performance. Um, he, it may look like he lost it, which he, he obviously did, but uh, but he's looking at it as a, such a confidence-boosting performance by him that he was even challenging in a major European tour event. And you can see it out there. He's you know he's fist pumping when he's making pars and good pars at that, and he's really walking around the golf course a different player. He had a he had a, he was pretty unlucky with with the, the lightning delay because he just birdied the par 417th. Then they had the delay. And it shows you what that can do to a player because he came back and immediately made double bogey on 18. So uh, he could have been sitting at, at 9 under as well going into the weekend. Trevor Fisher Jr., similar kind of scenario for him. He birdied 15. They had the delay. He came back, bogeyed 16, and then par 17 and 18 to be at 8 under. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of players that are in form at the moment and uh, looking for a big weekend. George Kutsia. The home favourite, Joe, he's playing his own course. He's worked his way to seven under, so he's by no means out of it as well. Yeah, it's funny. I think it was last weekend, Michael. We were looking at the scorecards uh, going into into the weekend, and it was dominated by English players. And I'm looking at the scorecard now, and yes, there are a few Europeans in there, but there, there's mostly South African flags in, in the first sort of, say, 20 uh, names on that scorecard. It, uh, it looks pretty good for South Africa heading into the weekend. It does, and and you know some nice names there. You know Keith Horn, uh, pretty consistent of late, and and feels he's got his consistency back. You know he's known on tour by the by the Sunshine Tour caddies as ATM because you know you're going to get a check if you carry his bag, and uh, and he's, he's really looking pretty consistent going into the weekend. Um, Dean Burmester, there's an exciting young player as well, a uh, 68 from him. Seven under, looking good going into the weekend as well. Now he's he's taking a very aggressive approach on this golf course. He is hitting driver as much as possible out there, and uh, and so far it's working for him. You worry that if it doesn't come off, he could be in a lot of trouble. But uh, but yeah, he's looking at tomorrow. He said tomorrow's moving day, and and he's going to keep with this aggressive. Uh, it's a nice mix of South Africans that, as I say, are all in form and uh, and can really make a move tomorrow. Yeah, as far as the Europeans uh, go as well, uh, I mean, obviously there's the, the Spaniard at the top of the leaderboard, but there's some big names. You mentioned Eduardo Molinari, but I'm looking further down the line. Some other Europeans who have won on the tour. Uh, Rafael Jacqueline has, has won before. Uh, Morton Oramadson's a, a previous winner, and they're all within striking distance. Yes, and, and you know, Madsen did pretty well to claw his way back from uh, what was a disastrous outward nine, 39 going out, and then came back in 33 to, to sort of keep himself somewhere at a respectable uh, score at five under after that great 63 yesterday. And uh, Rafael Jacqueline, you mentioned him, he's at, he's at five under as well. Australia's Brett Rumford, I mean, there's, uh, there's, there's a big name in the sense that, you know, he's, he's, he's played the PGA Tour, he's played the, the, the European Tour for many, many years. He's at six under and um, he likes this golf course. So, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's certainly everybody chasing the Spaniard at the moment. But uh, it's always interesting to have a Spaniard at the top of the leaderboard. The last time we had a Spaniard who came out uh, to South Africa and made waves was, was Pablo Martin. And that was back in, uh, if my memory serves me correctly, about five years ago. He came out here and uh, he won the Alpha Daniel Championship at Leopard Creek two years in a row. He uh, he was contending in the SA Open, but he was just so exciting. He was hitting shots off cart pass. He was hitting driver <laughs> off the deck on on the final hole. He was he was rolling balls over bridges, over hazards on the way to the green, and he was just such a swashbuckling player as they usually are. Excellent. Thank you very much, uh, Michael Flissmas, for that. We'll chat to you on the weekend. Coming up next, we'll preview all your Super Rugby action with Craig Ray.
SAFM Sports Wrap. Another weekend of Super Rugby action to look forward to. We've seen two games today already. Craig Ray joining us. Craig, welcome on to the show once again. Two two interesting games of rugby this morning. Yeah, absolutely. The Hurricanes game, wasn't that a wonderful sort of game for the neutral? Mm. The ball being spun wide and, you know, lots of action, lots of mistakes. You know, it's the kind of rugby you watch and you went, well, it's fun to watch, but neither of these sides are really going to win Super Rugby if they play like that because there's so many mistakes in between the good stuff. And I think better teams would have punished the mistakes on either side. But, yeah, the Hurricanes off to a 4-4 four and four start to the season and the, the Blues, geez, don't they have trouble? 0-5. Oh they managed to earn a bonus point for losing by 7 or less today, but they really do have their backs to the wall now, the Blues. They're not going to make the playoffs from here on in, but uh, whether or not uh, they can rectify their season and just salvage some pride out of it is already the big issue for them. And uh, John Kerwin's on uh, very thin ice uh, at the Blues at the moment. There's already been calls for his head, and after today, I suppose those calls will just become louder. Yeah, without a doubt. And uh, Aussie side who surprised a few people this season, the Rebels, they, they picked up another one on the road today. Yeah, I knew the second win of the season, and it's interesting that two wins have come on Friday the 13th. So <laughs> it's, clearly a, it's clearly a lucky day for them. They beat the Crusaders on Friday the 13th in uh, February, and it's been a month since that. In March the 13th, they came up with another one. So, uh, you know, they're probably trying to arrange all their fixtures on Friday the 13th if they could, although... In that case, the season would probably take three years. But, uh, you know, they, they, they've done it, done the business. 21-17 win over the Force. The Force last year sort of surprised team were in the playoff hunt right until the very end. And the Force are struggling now also. I think that's their fourth loss in five games. So they are really on the back foot uh, down in uh, Perth. And uh, the, the Rebels, well, you know, they're going to win a few games. The Aussie Conference, I still don't think it's the strongest conference in the world. So they'll knock each other off in that one but their real test will come when they play New Zealand and South African sides in cross-conference matches so it's great for the Rebels good for for rugby in Melbourne I suppose but uh, I don't read too much into that in the context of the entire tournament Looking ahead to tomorrow's fixtures the the early one should be quite an interesting one Uh, the Lions uh, up against the Crusaders in New Zealand they they offer a a, a big confidence boosting win from last weekend and uh, the Crusaders haven't got off to a great start so I think the Lions will fancy themselves with a good chance tomorrow I suppose they will. They're confident, but I mean, this is a crusader side that you just have to look at the names on the team sheet to go. Well, the Lions don't stand a chance, and we sort of said that last week against the Blues, didn't we? And uh, they surprised everyone. But Dan Carter's back, Karen Reed's back, Richie McCaw's there. I mean, just yeah, those names are not just great Crusaders rugby players, not just great All Blacks, but possibly some of the best rugby players that have ever played the game. And you know, you, you wonder how the Lions are going to do it. The Lions made a mountain of tackles last week. I think. Warwick Tecklenburg made 27 out of 27 tackles last week, and Warren Whiteley wasn't far behind with 24 out of 25 or something. So, and and there were you know, dozens of others that made those kinds of tackle numbers, and and they did well. But they're not going to be able to win a game against the Crusaders unless they actually play a little bit more attacking football, have the ball in hand a little bit more, because there's no way they can defend like that for 80 minutes against the uh, Crusaders. And yeah, you're right. The Crusaders have had a poor start to the season. But the Crusaders always have a fairly slow start to the season and it's around about now in the second month of the competition where they start 
building some momentum. And I wouldn't be surprised to see if the Crusaders start that momentum with a fairly solid victory over the Lions tomorrow. Well, as a Lions support, I hope that's not the case. But there are five games in total taking place tomorrow. Uh, one in, another one in New Zealand, the Highlanders hosting the Waratahs, and then uh, an Aussie, Aussie derby, the Reds against the Brumbies, and then three South African teams in action. Uh, late action, DHL Stormers up against the Chiefs uh, at Newlands. That should be a fantastic game, Craig. Yeah, I think this is the game of the weekend. I mean, the Stormers undefeated the uh, Chiefs top of the New Zealand Conference while well, they were until the Hurricanes won this morning, but top of the New Zealand Conference going into uh, today's fixtures. And, uh, you know, you've got some brilliant matchups all over the park. And the one that I think everyone wants to see is the informed Damien Derlinda, who's had a great start to the season for the Stormers, up against the wonderful Sunny Bill Williams in the Chiefs' colours. That, I mean, that's worth the entrance fee alone, just to see those two guys going head-to-head. I mean, Derlinda is a 105-kilogram, 1.91-centimeter, you know, center. And Sonny Bull's exactly the same stats with his offload uh, ability. So that's going to be amazing. The Stormers pack has been going great guns in, in the scrums and in the tight loose. Their lineouts have been a little bit shaky. The Chiefs scrum has also been going superbly well. So, you know, it's hard to pick a winner in this one other than the Stormers have a great home record. They've won 23 of their last 27 games at home back to the beginning of the 2012 season. And those four games they've lost have been twice to the Sharks and twice to the Crusaders. So I'm backing the Stormers to win that one simply because of home ground advantage. Uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, key battles across the park. And although the Chiefs look like a side that when you look at them on paper, you, you expect a lot of tries, I think it will be a little bit more pragmatic than that. I don't think we'll see a mountain of tries in this game that will be uncompromising defence on both sides and will come down to those teams that make the least mistakes. Or a bit of X-factor from either Dale End or Sonny Bill Williams that could uh, change the shape of the game. And then just briefly, the final game of the weekend should be a, a goodie as well. The Tioja Cheetahs up against the South Sea Sharks and uh, the Cheetahs won that reverse uh, fixture earlier on where, where they wouldn't beat the Sharks in Durban. Sharks in Bloemfontein, it's not gonna, they're not going to have it all their own way tomorrow. No, they're not. And the Sharks certainly got to get their season back on track and that was a shock defeat at home in round one to the Cheetahs and the Cheetahs did get hammered last week by the Bulls. I think it was 39-20 and, you know, that sort of looked like the Cheetahs reverting to type after a couple of good wins and then the wheels came off. But they're that kind of team, you know, they can go walkabouts one week and come back the next week and produce an unbelievable performance and they're a good side at home, generally speaking. The Sharks have battled against the Cheetahs from time to time but I think the Sharks are just so desperate. They have to get a win. I think that uh, Francois Stein and J.V. Peterson, who were quite good last week against the Stormers in the midfield, will be even better for their run out last week. So I reckon the Sharks are up for this one. They're desperate enough, and uh, they might just claw their way over the line a couple of points ahead of the Cheetahs in this one. Lots to look forward to on the Super Rugby front tomorrow. Craig Gray, thank you very much for that. We'll chat to you tomorrow afternoon on SAFM Sports Special. Yeah, thanks, Brad. Chat to you tomorrow. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, in some soccer news, as reported in the bulletin at the top of the show, AFSA Premiership League team Pumalanga Black Aces have parted ways with coach Clive Barker and his assistant Johnny Ferreira. Amayazoni opted to release the veteran coach after their Wednesday night loss to Ajax Cape Town in the Mother City. The decision follows a spate of poor results that the Pumalanga club has endured under Barker's guidance and has seen them slip further down the log. The team has gone eight matches without a win and they're currently sitting in third position on the Premiership log. Barker says the decision to release him was purely based on results and he wishes all levels of development at the club well. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a decision taken mainly on results and things like that and they weren't good in the last couple of games and and because of that, um, I think the, the director decided to 
to make a change, and sometimes a change is as good as a holiday. So we wish the the team really well. We wish the whole club well, the junior section, the senior section. It's a fantastic club to be involved with, and uh, that they thought that they didn't want me to to, to coach a team in the end is part and parcel of football. And uh, I had a wonderful time there. The 18 months that I've, I've been with them have been absolutely fabulous. Barker says there are plenty of opportunities, and he doesn't see himself heading into obscurity. He says he'll still be involved in soccer development. I can never have retirement, but I can maybe shift uh, another gear into a different situation, maybe uh, helping the academy that they run down there and the kids that they've got down there. So um, there's a million doors open and closed and there's already offers on the table. So um, I just uh, would like to sit through this one and make the decision after carefully consideration. But it's, um, the directors have been fantastic and the club itself has been fantastic. So really, I, I just wish everybody well, well, well. There's no uh, problems. It's a football decision that they've taken and I'm delighted to be part and parcel of it. Barker said that some things didn't go according to plan at Aces. Yeah, I just think that, uh, you know, sometimes things don't quite go from you hit the crossbar, the ball comes out, and then the goal is disallowed when the ball's over the line. So things didn't quite go, but that happens in football. I'm, I'm quite sure that uh, uh, had we got the results two games, we wouldn't be sitting in the situation because of the factors that uh, two games would take us into the top eight. So I just think that it's, uh, it was marginal. But sometimes these things go for you. Jacob Sakala will take over as Aces coach when they come up against Morocco Swallows in the Premiership at Mbombela. Uh, that match taking place tomorrow. Another match that's taking place tomorrow is Mamelodi Sundowns. They're up against Congolese team Tipi Mazembe in the CAF Champions League. Uh, last 32. Uh, that match taking place at the Loftus Stadium in Pretoria. Sundowns coach Piso Masimani says Mazembe is one of the highly recognised teams on the African continent and he foresees a tough match. It's a big one on Saturday, yeah? We, we're playing a, I mean, those four attackers, Solomon Asante, he's playing, they're playing in number 10 now, no longer a winner. They play Roger Asale, the bottom from Soros Sport on the right, he's quick. He was the only uh, uh, player in, in uh, local base players, I think with a goalkeeper from Ivory Coast on, on the Cup of Nations. And they've got Rainford Kalaba, and they've got the Tanzanian who's very terrific, he's quick quicker than Malazila and he's good in the air and he's clever player uh, uh, um, Samata so they've got those players and they've got also Given uh, 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 Guluna the, the Zimba- Zambia who scored in the couple of matches against the RC they've got a terrific team Kulibali at center back number 6 Kimiwaki they've got a big team eh? but we have to do what we have to do it's, it's going to be a, t- a good test for us eh? We'll see how far you're good and how far behind you are. So. Mzembe has won the CAF Champions League twice in 2009 and 2010. And in 2010, they became the first African side to contest the finals of the FIFA Club World Cup as well. Mosimane says they've been monitoring their opponent's style of play and have discovered that they're quite strong and also well experienced. I've sent my spies there. These guys, they just won three in Lubumbashi now. You know, and uh, the strong team balanced team with a lot of experience, a lot of players from a couple of nations. Uh, if you speak about resources, you guys, if you speak about resources in South Africa, look at that team, they've, they've got their own flight, no stress, they've got their own hotel. Unbelievable team, yeah? But it's not all about that, it's, it's, it's for us to 
to do what Orlando Pirates has done and then to believe in ourselves. Well, Sumani says it's important to score because that'll maximise their chances in the return match that'll take place in the Congo. You don't want to go there with a goal here. And if you don't win, if you don't win here, you must go with 0-0. Zero, zero, zero. If you don't win, 0-0 zero, zero there, who has the stress? Let's say we don't win here, but they don't score. Who has got the stress when we go there? They have to come, eh? And if we don't come, we go to penalties, it's, it's another game, eh? And hopefully my team scores. The goals have been coming. So let's see if you can get a goal. But the guys must believe in themselves. They must not, they must not shy away and be afraid. They must play. Of course, they're a big team. We know that. Being coach of one of the three powerhouse clubs in South African football, Mosimani knows the pressure that's on his shoulders. There's been pressure on the club. You know, they're not happy, you know. As long as you win, you score, they see. But once there's a draw and what what, it's not a small team. You're expected to win, you're expected to win the league, you're expected to do well in the Champions League. It's not difficult to coach Paris and Sunday. It's not, it's not easy. You can coach other teams. I've been at Supersport for 100 years there. There's no stress. Also taking place tomorrow is uh, Orlando Pirates, who get their 2015 CAF Confederation Cup campaign underway. They host Ugandan Revenue Authority at the Orlando Stadium. The Buccaneers announced their squad that'll do duty in this year's Continental Club competition earlier in January. And some big names in there, Kermit Erasmus, Lefelono Majoro, as well as Sefiso Mnieni. Bucks caretaker coach Eric Tinkler says his Chargers have been looking forward to this tournament for quite some time and he's confident that they'll get a good result tomorrow. You know, obviously the fact that we, we, we're still on a good run, uh, that builds the confidence and, and, and that, that creates further motivation to the players and enjoyment, which is, which is vitally important. Everybody's been looking forward to getting involved again in Africa and uh, we've got a, a tough game coming up against a team from Uganda. According to Tinkler, starting their campaign at home is an advantage they are planning of making good use of. The Buccaneers head into the encounter with the hope that the experience they gathered in the 2013 CAF Champions League will stand them in good stead as they look to make history, becoming the first South African team to add the Confederation Cup silverware to their cabinet. Pirates' impressive performance in the Champions League in 2013 saw them making it into the finals, a clash they lost 2-0 to Egyptian powerhouse Al-Akhli in Cairo. Tinkler says they are the hosts, the visitors should worry about them and not the other way around. What is vitally important is that people come to Orlando Stadium and respect the way we play. What is important is that they need to worry about us more than us worrying about them. You know, our offensive play needs to be very, very good at home. Uh, it's about, it's not about, we need to show a little bit of arrogance, if you like, particularly when we play at home. It's the NetBank Cup time. Giona! This Tuesday, catch the spectacular student derby. It's the battle of the universities. Bitfest Birds are going head-to-head against Amatags at Bitfest Stadium. The much-anticipated game will kick off at half past seven. Tickets are available at CompuTicket from only 40 Rand. NetBank Cup, Giona. Proudly brought to you by the Premier Soccer League. From Cape Town to Messina, if you've got a parcel to send, Speed Services has you covered. For just 69 Rand, you can send a package of up to 1.5 kilograms to any corner of South Africa with effect from 1st of March until the 31st of March 2015 at any post office counter to counter.
Call the customer care line on 0860 023 or visit speedservices.co.za for more. Terms and conditions apply. Speed Services Couriers, the shortest distance between two points. SAFM Sports Wrap. That's it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Uh, we're coming back tomorrow with SAFM Sports Special at 3 p.m. from myself, Brad Brown, and my producer, Siobhan Chetty. Have yourself a great evening. Coming up next, it is the Friday edition. Right now, though, it is 7 and time for your news.